So this began for you at 13 years old? Probably even younger. Like right when I realized it, I remember the first time I actually, uh, a girl had told me that she liked me. I was like, oh no, I can't choose you over my family. That's literally what I wrote her back in an AIM message. Oh my God. It was like that serious to me. And then how old were you? I was like 12, maybe 13. Yeah. Wow. So that's when you kind of knew. Yeah. And that was one of the major moments of like, do you want to choose your truth or do you want to choose a life that people are expecting of you? And I've made that decision multiple times. My parents didn't want me to start a business. Even after I had made a million dollars at Passion Planner, my mom was like, when are you going to get a real job that has benefits? And within the next six months, I was like, my team's going to have benefits. I'm going to have benefits. And ever since then, it's been, I think, seven years. I've paid for everyone's benefits. Everyone has a 401k. Everyone gets a Passion Week. Like I really have put so much intention. And like I put my money where my mouth is when it comes to making sure my team has a good life. And we're working to create a four-day work week right now. Welcome, welcome to The Brave Table. I'm your host, Dr. Nitha, and this is your destination, your oasis to be all things just a little bit more brave, brave in your life, in your action, and in your relationship. Now, you guys, we have a stunner guest today on the podcast. I'm so, so excited. We are in studio here in LA and I've been wanting to get her on for a while. Now, what is your relationship with your passions? My guest today is first-generation queer Filipina American Angelia or Angel Trinidad. They are the founder and CEO of Passion Planner. That's right. Those famous planners that have gone viral over the last several years. And after graduating from UCLA with a BA in art and a minor in arts education, she actually found herself depressed, spiraling down and struggling to find direction. With her motto, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to start. She took the leap and created Passion Planner, a paper life coach from her parents' garage. And since then, Passion Planner has now helped more than 3 million people dedicate more time towards their goals and their passions with less stress and more fun. Passion Planner's mission is to help create a world where everyone has the courage, tools, and community to build their ideal life. They aim to redefine productivity from doing more to doing what matters. Passion Planner utilizes intentionality and imperfect consistency to propel action in people's lives. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I wanted her to be here on the Brave Table. And honestly, I have one too. And it helps intimidating projects look like adventures, failures as valuable experiences, and success as the amount of small courageous actions taken day after day. Now a thriving multi-million dollar company, Passion Planner gives back through a growing community empowerment program, which has donated over 655,000 planners. That's $20 million worth of planners and over 700,000 in cash to empower schools and POs around the world. What I love most is that she is a Panay at heart. And in this episode, you will find out how we navigate questions around wealth, abundance, how she came out to her family, the concept of gentle productivity, and how to actually set goals in this next year. So without further ado, let's welcome... Angel Trinidad to the Brave Table. 
popping in to tell you your exclusive invite to joining me for an exclusive three-day weekend intensive retreat experience with the one and only Sri Sri Ravi Shankar at his Art of Living Center in the incredible oasis of Boone, North Carolina. That is my three-day rise up and fly forward weekend intensive. Now, during this weekend intensive, I invite you to deep dive into the messy moments and the obstacles and the challenges that it go as planned. Because in those three days, we are going to navigate and acknowledge the magical moment of suck, recognizing the contributing elements of your bounce factor and how to process them, how to centralize and regulate your nervous system, as well as we will be taking you through different meditations, group discussions, journaling, one-on-one sharing. And this would be your personal retreat with me as your guide to explore and embrace the unexpected magic in the mess and find your joy through the chaos of sometimes life's heavy moments. So you'll be able to learn how to overcome your internal blocks to unlock your full potential, rewire your thought patterns and replace outdated beliefs and behaviors, increase your emotional capacity when dealing with stress, develop your own personal blueprint and framework for bouncing back from life's challenges. And whether you are experiencing a transition, dealing with a loss, or simply looking to make real life changes, you will come out of those three days stepping into your now what and creating your next chapter. So Brave Table fam, use this link to book your three-day experience with me for only $350 at the Boone Center in North Carolina. That is meetthebushin.com forward slash events. And that is also linked in the show notes. And now back to the show. Oh my goodness. I appreciate that. That was really, really nice to you. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, that's been my life. <laughs> yeah, you did that. Yeah, it's kind of wild. It's been 10 years. It's our 10th year this year. 10 years. Yeah. Okay, I'm so excited that we are just getting Passion Planner to celebrating its 10th year anniversary. Yeah. So take us through what was the actual... Because I love that it's coined as a life coach pretty much in the palm of your hands. And I've been using mine ever since, you know, Angel was a big donor for one of our events earlier this year. And I'm so glad that we connected in the way we did. But what was that evolution? And was it the planner that I was actually seeing? Or what was like the very first model and the scrappiness of it into what it's evolved and grown into? I mean, you've literally created a movement. Yeah. So I have ADHD and dyslexia. So I really need paper to ground my thinking. And from a very young age, since they gave us free planners when we were in elementary school, I've always used planners to ground my thinking and really map out what I need to do so I could stay in the present. And for years, I had been looking for the perfect planner. But All the planners were very, very practical, but not very personal. They didn't really reflect what people wanted out of their lives. And I really wanted people to prioritize that. So that's pretty much the major premise of Passion Planner, which is first think about what you really want out of your life and then break that down to steps and then put it into your agenda so you actually do them. And you only pick one goal, which is your game changer goal. So you focus on that. And how I like to say it is everything else is extra credit because a lot of people get completely overwhelmed. They get that huge spike at the beginning of the year to chase their goals. And then within the first month, they get burnt out. So Passion Planner is there for you to be sustainable. So you're just taking that goal, breaking it down into 30-minute steps and then putting it into your schedule. So you're juggling what you have in your life, but also adding something new. So 
in terms of how it's changed, it actually hasn't really changed very much. It's pretty much the same layout. We've changed the font and the quotes year to year. But other than that, it's been the same for the past 10 years, which I think is really good for people that use it as a way to really stabilize their thinking. I mean, I think it's brilliant. And I'm such a big advocate for planners. You know, I have my own like notebooks for some of our trainings myself. And when I come across planners, especially like yours, I mean, it is organized to the T of organization. And so can you take us through... Because even in the first few pages of The Passion Planner, and you know, this episode is launching 2024. So literally the first quarter of the year in January. And, you know, this is like the time where we are putting our goals onto paper. And you say you call the game changer goals is like the main goal. So can you talk a little bit about that? Because I know that's like in page one or two of the planner. Yeah. So the passion planner starts with a passion roadmap, which is pretty much a brain vomit of all your goals, long and short-term goals. So your one month, three months, and your lifetime goals. And you write down everything without justification. If you want a unicorn, write down you want a unicorn. And then you pick your game changer goal, which is the one goal that would make the most positive impact in your life. Because everyone's lives is so situational and so contextual. Like, So in the context of your life right now, what is that one goal that you feel excited about that would really change your life? And then you take that goal and you break it down into steps in a mind map. And then you take those steps and you actually schedule them into your agenda and into your to-do list for the week. And after that, at the end of the month, you pretty much reflect on your progress and you hold yourself accountable by asking yourself questions like, what did I learn? What are things that I want to change? Who am I grateful for? What are my favorite memories? Because I think a lot of people move through life and they don't reflect on what has happened and they constantly feel like they're in a place of lack. They feel like they're constantly chasing for something new versus appreciating what already has happened. And I think that my whole goal setting thinking is like appreciate yourself. Appreciate you going out on a limb and putting yourself out there and trying something different. Your whole brain is wired to avoid change. So you're already putting yourself into a new scenario that's pushing yourself beyond your limits and congratulate yourself. And I think because the planner is a physical place and it's not tied to social media or the internet, you get to really be in tune with your own journey and not have to compare it with anyone else's, which I think is another big hindrance when people start to think about their own goals. They compare their level one to someone's level 100. And that is like the surefire way to create so much expectation for yourself and and pretty much sell yourself short for what progress you are making. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and I love that it literally takes you into your own little world. Yeah. And when I was starting the first few pages of my passion planner, it was like, oh, this is like my own little vision board. Mm -hmm. And I create vision boards, you know, every year annually. But I feel like even you brought yours into the studio today. And I feel like that is a living, breathing vision board. Can you talk about what are some of the things that it's allowed, you know, the thousands of students that has gotten passion planners to do when they set out for some of those big change maker goals? I mean, it's wild. We've sold three million planners. Three million. So it's so many people thinking about what matters to me. And every six months you actually do your passion roadmap. So you ask yourself again, what matters to me now? And I think that in that, people become more and more in tune with what really matters to them versus the noise of what 
everyone is telling them should matter to them. Mm-hmm. So for me, I grew up in my parents are immigrants and they're both Filipino and they very much wanted me to be a nurse and or a doctor, even better. And actually two years into my major, I decided to change my major without telling them. And of course, they didn't like that. But I took it upon myself to apply for scholarships and not put financial burden onto them because I knew that if I was going to pursue something, it would have to be something that I loved. Like I was already going to commit X amount of years to school and then a career. And for me, I had those internal moments where I just knew my intuition was telling me, this isn't right. We need to do something about it. If not, I just sink deeper and deeper into depression. And hopefully using a passion roadmap kind of gives you that wake up call without needing to spiral into depression of like, what do I really want? And let me check in with myself because a lot of times, Another mistake that people make when they're setting off their goals is they think, all right, the goals that I made when I was 10, these are my goals for the rest of my life. And that's not true. You change, your perspective changes, your learning changes, your friends group changes, the things you read changes. And I think that it's really important to find that quiet space so you can align with yourself again to see what really matters. So yeah, I think that it's just super important for people to take that time to recalibrate with their intuition and their life path. And I mean, this planner is one of the, I feel like the gateways into you allowing you to come back to your own internal source of wisdom. And when you coined it as like, this is like your life coach planner, it kind of is because it gives you that self accountability. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've put so much intentionality, you and your team has put so much intentionality in savoring, you know, the slow, Mm -hmm. recalling some of those moments that for all of us, it's so easy, especially with how we live on social, we're just kind of onto the next and onto the next and onto the next. And I feel like we have a whole society of like ADHD folks True. just because we're going at such a fast pace where I feel like I haven't seen, you know, post-its and stickers and you've got pictures in yours. Yeah. And so tell us, what's that relationship with your parents now? My relationship with my parents now is like, I think that I'm an alien um, (laughs) and that has come into this world. Like in terms of just like my lifestyle and I have had to have a lot of reckonings with myself, like my truth and the truth that, or the goals and the vision that my parents had for my life aren't always going to match up. And in those moments, I have a choice to sync up with what they would like for me or what I would want for myself. And I know that if I choose what they would want for me, in the end, I'm not going to be happy. I need to choose my own happiness and show them that this is who I am and I'm not going to back down from that. Like me being queer and me realizing after being raised in a very conservative religion, I think at the age of 13, I was like, I don't think I could live a lie for like the 60 plus years of my existence, I think that would be too painful. But I also knew that if I were to stay, I I didn't want to live a lie. So Mm -hmm. I just decided... And that actually created the foundation of where my goals came from, actually. I was like, okay, so I might get disowned by my parents because I'm queer. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to study really hard, get into a good college, get a good job, get a good career and then make my own money so I can like live my own life and love who I want. Like, wow. So this began for you at 13 years probably old? Probably even younger. Like right when I realized it, I remember the first time I actually, uh, a girl had told me that 
she liked me, I was like, oh no, I can't choose you over my family. That's literally what I wrote her back in an AIM message. Oh my God. It was like that serious to me. And then how old were you? I was like 12, maybe 13. Yeah. Wow. So that's when you kind of knew. Yeah. And that was one of the major moments of like, do you want to choose your truth or do you want to choose a life that people are expecting of you? And I've made that decision multiple times. My parents didn't want me to start a business. Even after I had made a million dollars at Passion Planner, my mom was like, when are you going to get a real job that has benefits? And within the next six months, I was like, my team's going to have benefits. I'm going to have benefits. And ever since then, it's been, I think, seven years. I've paid for everyone's benefits. Everyone has a 401k. Everyone gets a Passion Week. Like I really have put so much intention. And like I put my money where my mouth is when it comes to making sure my team has a good life. And we're working to create a four-day work week right now. Oh my gosh. Um, And yeah. There's so many tangents that I want to go into. And the first one to kind of round out, because I think for a lot of immigrant families and immigrant parents, especially when you are wanting to go against the grain of societal pressures, societal expectations. They have their vision of you that you were going to walk down the aisle and, you know, in all of the ways and get that degree and go become the doctor, the nurse. And now we're shattering it left and right and front and center. How was that conversation with them or when did that all happen? And how were you when you actually brought this piece? Because I feel like for a lot of people who are listening or watching this, or maybe they're going to share this with somebody else who may have or may be in the closet hiding some secret, whether it's, I don't want to go to dental school. I don't want to go to med school. I don't want to take on the family business. I am gay or mm-hmm. you know whatever. What was that for you? I mean, it wasn't just one conversation. It was many conversations. And it's like standing up for yourself isn't a perfect road. You know, it's, I learned very quickly that I needed to like get out of the space because it was not beneficial for me or my parents. But throughout the whole process, I was very empathetic for them, like being raised in a very conservative religion. And also like, I felt my own repulsion to my own queerness when I first discovered it. And for me, if I was feeling it, Like, I feel like I understood that they would feel that this story, this narrative that their daughter was on is now completely different. And there's like a grieving period to that change. And I think a lot of people want people to quickly be at where they're at. And that's not the journey. You know, the journey is you've been on this truth for years and now you gave them 30 seconds to sync up. That's not realistic. And I'm not saying that they're going to sync up all the way, but having the patience and the grace and creating physical and mental space so that you don't have to try to control them and how they're processing and they don't try to control you and your own journey, I think is really, really important. And also surrounding yourself with people that love you and accept you and want you to win for who you are. And it's not saying that your parents don't want that for you. They just wanted you to win for who they thought you were. Mm -hmm. And that syncing up is going to take time. And just having empathy and grace for everyone in the journey. And also knowing when things are acceptable and when things are not. And creating strong boundaries and like really enforcing those things. And speaking from your feelings, you know, nonviolent communication. That's actually something that I do with my parents all the time. I tell them how I feel. And I don't tell them what to do. I just say, hey dad, that really hurt me when you said that, you know, what is happening in my head. The story that I'm telling myself is if I keep on going on this path, I need to choose between you or my current family or my new family. And I don't want you to make me make that decision. I remember having that conversation with him in my bedroom, in the bedroom I grew up in. 
And it took him months for that to really sink in, that that was the choice that I was facing and he was pushing me towards. And, you know, it's still not perfect. And I think that all I could say is I know that I'm doing my best and I know that they're doing their best. And to love people where they're at Mm -hmm. in the same way that I'm asking them to love me where I'm at. Mm-hmm. So I think it's an exchange, but yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> I mean, well, I love the way that how you've just articulated it because what I'm hearing is there is that grace. And mm-hmm. I love what you said about, you know, you've had so much more time to process it. And when we're dumping this on our family members, our elders, our caretakers, it's kind of like, wait, what? You know, and we kind of react towards their reaction in such a big way. And many times it's like resistance and conflict and, you know, fire. But yet, you know, you're also seeing the empathy and what they have to kind of process, which from their upbringing, their visions, you're shattering their world. And to kind of give that a sense of grace, I think that's just so beautiful. I want to actually dive, you know, deeper into the leader that you've become because even the way you've created Passion Planner, it sounds like like I want to work there. Yeah. Let's, it sounds like such a fun place to be. Where did you source a lot of your leadership and your mentorship from when you were building this company from scratch and in your parents' garage, not even having the support that you probably could have had? Yeah. I mean, the first real work experience that I had was working for my aunt at her flower shop. And this isn't a normal flower shop. We did like 17 weddings a weekend. So we did volume and we did like high risk flowers, which is weddings because everyone has their own, you know, perspective on how their wedding should go. And I think I started working for her at like 16 and I was taking like clients 16 and I'm Filipino. So I probably look like I was 12, you know? (laughs) It's true. Like, and they it's were true. like, so where's the florist? I was like, I'm your florist. And by the end of the conversation, they would be like, do you want to be my wedding planner? I'm like, I'm 16, you know? like. But I also understood that like being a wedding planner, sometimes you pretty much are getting paid to stress out. So I said, no, thank you. And on that journey, I was also reading a lot of self-help. I was listening to it. So because I'm dyslexic, listening to things are so much easier for me. So I listened to things like two to three times as fast, typically. And I had listened and consumed so many business books and so many memoirs of business owners. Probably by the time I graduated from UCLA, it was like 150. And probably right now, I'm at like 450 books. Wow. But it just feels like listening to stories. like It's as fun and engaging to me as watching TV. And I learned from my own experiences of what I didn't like in some of my bosses and also what I liked in my bosses and also what mattered and also 10 years of messing up. Like honestly, I've had so many conversations where I look back and I'm like, oh, I wish I would have said it differently or I wish that I would have delivered that message in a better way or set the expectations better or came off more understanding or more listening Honestly, I've learned from fucking up. (laughs) Like, fucking up so bad with people. Like, I've ruined friendships. And like, looking back, I understand what I did wrong. But during it, I thought I was doing everything right. You know, and it's taken me therapy. It's taken me partnership therapy. Me and my COO, we've been to partnership therapy for a year and a half Mm -hmm. together when we were going through a really tough time after I had taken a year-long sabbatical. So I think it's been a lot of honest communication and very vulnerable communication on my part and my team's part about what they're feeling and taking those into account. And I think in terms of company culture, it's, well, what are our values? What do we really care about? 
And I think values gets lost in the corporate space because it's like all these buzzwords. But it's like, well, no, when everything is pushed to the limit, what are the things that we really care about? Mm -hmm. And for us, it's community connection. It's strategic action. And it's just like enjoying your life. Yeah. Like work is a component of it. It's not the only thing. And, you know, I'm very proud of my team for when I was living my life, they were very supportive. And I only want to do that for them. You know, like one of my team members just had a kid and I want to be able to be supportive during that chapter of her life. And I get to make the call, you know, I get to be like, oh yeah, everyone's going to get a parental leave when they have kids, you know, and I get to decide because it's my money, (laughs) which is kind of nice, but it hasn't all been rainbows and butterflies in that process. It's also managing expectations and it's super easy to overpromise and underdeliver. Yeah. And my goal is to always underpromise, overdeliver, or create the expectation that, hey, this is something that we can do this year. I don't know if we can do it every year. So, and when I feel the pressure to do something great every single year, it makes me really stressed and really scared and makes me start to feel resentful towards you all. And I don't want to feel that way. So it's really, you know, expressing again my feelings. And I don't know, sometimes they take it well, sometimes they don't. And trying to manage 30 people and their emotions and make sure that everyone's okay with it is like completely impossible. So I think it's been a lot of trial and error and messing up. Well, and I was reading, there was a, I think it's like a Harvard Business Review study where the leaders who are more emotionally vulnerable with their team have stronger leadership teams and they have more ability or desire to want to stay at their company because they have a CEO, a leader that actually understands and has high emotional intelligence. So that's kudos to you. Hello there, love. Are you ready to take your soul-led business to the next level? Maybe you recently got certified in your coaching career, or maybe you just want to start that business, or maybe you already started, but you need help in taking action and accountability to get to that next level in your career. Love, I got you. I'm so excited to share the latest business course by Highest Self Institute, the Soul Business Mastery, led by me and my co-founder, Sahara Rose. And we have over 20 years of soul-led business entrepreneurship under our belts and have built thriving seven-plus-figure businesses for ourselves and for others. And we want to help you get there too. You'll learn everything from creating soul-aligned offers to getting clear on your niche, where to find your clients, and the marketing that you need to create a thriving and sustainable business in 2024. And if you are ready to take your soul biz to the next level, then you can check out Soul Business Mastery at highestselfinstitute.com. And I will share the link in the show notes. We are offering this program for a very limited time. And doors close on January 15th at midnight. So be sure to save your spot. I cannot wait to see you inside to up-level your business. Now back to the show. As we're starting the new year, for people who are going to be getting your passion planners and maybe they're daring to do something different, kind of like the way that you've chosen to lead so differently and so beautifully and it's so inspiring. What advice do you have for people starting out on their new endeavors and their new passions? I think it's to have a balance of structure and flexibility for yourself. And I think 
Passion Planner is great because every week that changes, you flip the page, you start a new week. And that's the structure part. You know, you go from the big vision of your life into one goal, into steps, and then you take those steps and they're they're very small, hopefully, and manageable. Mm -hmm. But you also understand that your dog needs to go to the vet. This day might be a moot day, you know, (laughs) and understand that that's just what happens. Life is like that. And we're looking at our goal setting, not in a micro space, but in a macro space. So instead of thinking of like, I'm going to reach this goal in three months, give yourself a year, give Mm -hmm. yourself a year to consistently show up. And when I think consistency, I think between 70 to 90% is going to get you somewhere. Showing up consistently over a long period of time, understanding that it's going to take time. Like you are collaborating with not only yourself, but the universe, the factors of physics, you know, the factors of collaborating with other people and their own agendas. Like all these things take time and you can only do your best and show up consistently. So I think expand your timeline. It decreases your stress. And also give yourself props. Every time I think about goal setting, I think about like you're a baby that's learning how to walk in this space of your life. So Mm. when you have a baby that's learning how to walk, the baby doesn't come out of the womb walking, not even crawling. The baby is like, I'm going to do some tummy time, you know? (laughs) That's some tummy time. And you're like, whoa, this is the first time you've ever rolled over in your life. That's an achievement, you know? And that's a success. And then when the baby finally gets to standing, they don't even take your first step. They're just standing. That's amazing. Once they get to walking, oh, wow, your first step, that's amazing. No one ever looks at a baby and is like, baby, you need to do three steps. What the heck are you doing? You know, it's, and I think this is Unless what Unless they're do. Asian parenting, that <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I, hope, I hope not. And I think that a lot of times it's that going back to, we compare our level one to someone's level 100. Don't even compare your level one to someone's level five because that already is uh, a big gap for you to jump. Just slowly put in the work, focus on the system. Passion Planner is a system that gets you and reminds you, literally puts it on the top of your mind. All right, my goal is still important to me today. This week, it's still important. And I can decide to budget some of these little time slots to it. And if I can do that consistently over time, then you'll get to your goal. It's only a matter of time. That's why I tell people. It's only a matter of time. And it's only a matter of you taking action little by little. So, yeah. I mean, if more people who are productivity hackers like yourself and what you've created could talk this way. I think there would be more grace and more people starting their passions and not being afraid to fail. Because what I'm hearing is that, yeah, treat it like a treat it like a little baby. I feel like in, you know, when I was even starting some of the things that I began, you know, just playing around with after I sold my first company and exited dentistry. And I felt like everything needed to happen in that one week mm-hmm. or everything needed to happen in that one year. And I love that you're kind of just like, no, slow it down. And this is where former burnout specialist over here, <laughs> this is where we get into burnout. So what is your concept of that gentle productivity then? I mean, I think you know when you're pushing yourself, right? So if one to 10, I always do metrics because when people ask me like, how are you doing? And people say good. I'm like, I don't know where that falls. So I always ask people, how are you doing from one to 10? But when I'm thinking about productivity, one to 10, 10 being like your limit, push yourself to, uh, or like your space of uncomfortability, push yourself to 11, not 20, mm-hmm. 11. Let's go to 11 mm-hmm. and let's show up at 11 five times out of the seven days of the week instead of 21 time out of the three months, 
because that's what people do. And that's how you bring yourself out. So like, know that you're collaborating with your body, your mind, and your spirit. You're doing all these things and your body can only take yourself so far. You know, you're reinventing your identity through these actions. And once you start to quit, that's when you start to lose confidence. And the only way to build confidence is by showing up. You can't think your way to confidence. You can only think your way to anxiety. You can act your way to confidence by taking small, consistent action and saying, even if this day was hard, I still showed up. You know, I still showed up in a small way. And I still kept that promise to myself. Yeah. And well, what do you think that people get all wrong around productivity in the hustle culture that we kind of live in? I think that it reminds me of like how people go about fitness. It's like <laughs> you see these people and they're like shredded and it's awesome. But a lot of those people are not happy. So like, what is the cost of productivity? Is it your happiness? Because what's the point of being productive? So you have more minutes to be unhappy? That doesn't make any sense. So for me, I think that productivity is like toasting a piece of bread. You want to toast it, you don't want to burn it, you know, and it's a balance. And in that is the wisdom. Knowing when to stop is the wisdom. And I think that a lot of people, they emulate different people and what works for them, but they don't really get the full story. And I think that's the trap of productivity. I think that people are not nuanced with their understanding of words and they're not nuanced in their understanding of like a clip of, oh, I saw this on someone's podcast and I'm going to apply it to the rest of my life. And I'm like, no, 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 that's a hammer. Yes, a hammer is good at some things. It's not good at everything. So like having the wisdom to know "Mm, this needs a hammer, that needs a screwdriver, that needs a wrench, that needs a paper towel, you know, like an understanding and having a breadth of tools to go about life versus I'm just going to hammer away. And I think showing up is great, but I think the masters show up with a nuance of understanding of what tool to use in that moment. Mm -hmm. And I think that What productivity gets right is this taking action. What it gets wrong is the energy that you're bringing to that action. Mm. Yeah, so well, so well said. And I feel like in this next year, you know, I kind of want to invite everybody who's watching this and listening to this. What tools are you going to have in your tool belt to start something, but actually show up? Because I love the idea that you shared around, well, you showing up every single day builds that confidence. Mm -hmm. And just the act of showing up is like, you're 80% there. Yeah. And the belief that even if you don't show up every day, that's okay. Like show up 80% of the days and show up, you know? And I think that we... I saw this quote that said something like, perfectionism is someone's reaction to having to earn love. Mm-hmm. And I really believe that. And I don't want to demand perfectionism for myself anymore. I want to congratulate myself for that 80% that I did show up. Because in other parts of my life, I probably showed up zero. Mm-hmm. So even 10% is good. And I think that in this kind of slowly gaining momentum and gradually building your own self-confidence, actions will feel a lot easier. And a lot of times people are really scared to start And my quote that I say all the time is it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to start. Mm. This concept of action cures fear. You know, even a small action, one call, one decision, just let yourself do it. And one time uh, my friend was like, I can't talk to men. She's super scared about talking to men. And I was like, how about if it was your job to talk to men? Mm. How would you approach it? 
And it would be so different because the, the narrative of the fear of men is gone because now it's your job and now it's just something that you do. So, mm. yeah. It's just, it's it's so brilliant. So many wise, amazing nuggets. I can't wait till you come out with a book. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it might be coming up. It might be coming up. So you've dropped so many golden gems, golden nuggets. What is, what are you braving in this new year? I think what I've been exploring is really my relationship to food. I think as a Filipino person, food is what connects the people. You know, it is how the people escape. It is how the people connect. There is no Filipino party without 300% the amount of food that you actually need. Like you are there for eight hours and you're expected to eat three times and take food home. So, So true. So for me, I'm unpacking it because it's been something that I've always used as a crutch whenever I'm stressed and just not even going about it in a way that's militant, just being curious about like, oh, okay, this is when I want to do this. And what triggered me to do that and explore that and also not try to be prescriptive to anyone else about how they're navigating that space too, because I know it's taken me decades to even want to confront this situation. So I think for me, it's that. I think it's a nuanced topic and it's something that I've grappled with intention for more than a decade. So I think that is the thing that I'm braving and also braving not having to be so productive, which is interesting because I think when you're 23, your Kickstarter blows up, you become literally a millionaire over three months, which was my life. That happened when you were 23. Yeah. Wow. The past eight years of my life has been reactionary. And now I need to be more intentional, even more intentional. What would my life have been if it didn't blow up? I didn't blow up my Kickstarter. And for me, I wanted to travel and write. And I wanted to be present with people. And I wanted to have conversations with people. And I had this epiphany that the main purpose of my life is building loving relationships. That's pretty much it. Like a lot of people can analyze my life and my decisions and they think about, oh, that wasn't a strategic decision, but it's because they're measuring my life usually in terms of money. And my life, the game and how I win the game is loving relationships. So money is a tool to get me closer to loving relationships. And that clarity, I think, has like it led me to meeting you. Yes. And I think that when we're connected, the world is just better. Like, so I think that's what I'm braving. Oh, so beautifully said. So beautifully said. So when we get into our little Kickstarter round, I'm going to ask you a few questions. Sure. You can answer it as take as much time or as little time. But before we do that, I want to get everybody to get on the passion planner bandwagon <laughs> for this next year because I literally... It has been one of my favorite planners to date. And so how can everybody get a planner? Where can they connect with you? Because I feel like you are such a wise mentor for anybody that's starting a new chapter in their life, business, passion. And I just see so much of that out of you. So you got to come back on when your (laughs) book is coming out now that you're braving writing more and traveling more. Yeah. So where can we get our passion planners? Um, So passion planner, you can go passionplanner.com. Also, if 
you can't afford a passion planner, our PDFs have been available since the very beginning. So our full PDFs, whether you want an undated planner, a daily planner, a weekly planner, you can literally go on the website right now and download them all and use them for free for the rest of your life. And I would not hold it against you. I would be more than happy to be a part of your life in that little way. Like I feel super honored when people like integrate this into their lives. Like the most important thing that you have isn't money, it's time. So when you give your time to us, like I'm just so grateful. So download the PDF, use it, share it with whoever you want. I think it's been downloaded like, I don't know, like 6 million times. Like it's been wild. Oh my gosh. Um, and then for me, you can connect to me on Angelia. It's hard to spell. A-N-G-E-L-I-A Trinidad on Instagram. It's pretty much it. Amazing. Amazing. I, I want to kind of just round out our conversation because I feel like celebration has been you, not only as a leader, but like celebrating even the small moments in our life. And it's so rare to hear as a an entrepreneur, as a fellow entrepreneur, because it's sometimes it's so easy to get caught up in the rat race of like the next thing and the next thing and the next milestone. But your wisdom and your philosophy and how you've been able to celebrate the small and savor the small and even just be so authentic in what you're braving in this next season of your life as a leader, it's so admirable. So I just want to honor you because I see it in everything that you do. We've been to some retreats together, many places all around the world in this past year. And it's just been such an honor to get to know you and deepen our friendship and relationship as Panay Queens. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I mean... Uh, and more. And so, so as we get into the igniting round, how do you define bravery? I define it by being actually vulnerable. And when I say actually vulnerable, I really mean putting yourself in a position where you can lose something. Whether that's like lose a belief that you've held about yourself or lose money, lose time, lose face. I think that in these moments, you're truly brave. Like I think people can think that you're brave, but only you know if you're truly being brave. Mm. Yeah. Huge. What is your favorite practice right now that's elevating your life? Hmm. Honestly, it's having a sit-stand desk with a treadmill. <laughs> you have one of those too? I, yeah, I love it. And just, you know, we underestimate how much of our body is a co-conspirator in our life. Yep. Like our body is the vehicle. And I think our body is deprioritized in the ways that it's done so much for us. It's like the partner that's just fucking ride or die. But we just take it for granted and we critique it and we tell it that it's not good enough. It's not, it's not buff enough. It's not skinny enough. It's not strong enough. It's not whatever enough. And I'm like, dude, this has been like your day one friend and it's going to be here with you until you die. So I think it's being the best partner I could be to my body. You know, I have a priority that says I am the best girlfriend to my body with sleep, nutrition, weights, and movement. You know, and I read that to myself as I brush my teeth in the morning. And I think that that has been game changing for me. I mean, remarkable. It's huge. And what word describes the season? Peace. Hmm. 
Thank you for all of your wisdom. I mean, this is such a beautiful conversation that I've gained so many gems and I know everybody watching and listening has probably been taking notes. And if you are in that season and stage of your life where you are wanting to embark on something new and maybe dare to come out of your comfort zone and maybe confront some of the things that have been holding you back or you're wanting to start something new, go ahead and check out Passion Planner. Go ahead and follow Angelia. I just want to thank you, Angel, for just being such a wisdom. And I cannot wait to see what's next for you in this next year. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm cheering you on from wherever I am on the planet. You know, like congrats on you deciding and good luck on the journey. You got this. You got this. Like be your own cheerleader. So thank you so much, Nita, for being having me on here. Until next time on The Brave Table. All right. Welcome back to the other side. Oh my goodness. If you have not fallen in love with Angel, go ahead and follow them on IG at Angelia Trinidad. That it's A-N-G-E-L-I-A-T-R-I-N-I-D-A-D. And go over to Passion Planner and that's passionplanner.com. Get yourself a Passion Planner for 2024. Get it for your friends. Get it for your team members. I mean, this is one of the things, honestly, that has rocked our team specifically. We've had Angel and literally her Passion Planners for all of our events at Dharma Coaching Institute. And if she hasn't inspired you to begin your passion planning, maybe this is it. This is the season. And if this conversation sparked something in you, tell us everything at The Brave Table. Go ahead and follow us there. And if you are curious to just follow more of our journey, or maybe you haven't had a chance yet, and this is the first episode that you're listening to because you got this from a friend, welcome to the community. We are so glad that you've decided to tune in every week. And don't forget to give us a five-star review. These reviews help us get even more and greater and bigger guests. And it helps add value to those that are looking for more bravery in their lives. So if this sparked anything, go ahead to iTunes. And when you screenshot your five-star review and send it to support at globalgrit.co. That is support at globalgrit.co. We will send you a free gift. So thank you so much for tuning in. Have an amazing day. Have an amazing week. And don't forget to be just a little bit more brave. Bye.